1: Time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another edition of The Riches of Grace. My name is Richard Jordan, and it's my privilege to be your host and Bible teacher uh, each week. This program is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. And my friend, at the heart of of our ministry is simply the desire to help you to understand and enjoy the Bible uh, for yourself so that you can Truly rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ Jesus. That's why we call this program "The Riches of Grace," and I trust that our time together will be a, a help and a blessing to you as we look into God's Word together. Today, we're going to look again at the topic of that we've been looking at the last couple of weeks about building on the wrong, right foundation. Um, you know, we've talked to you about the fact that uh, Jesus Christ is the is the true, right foundation. Paul says in First Corinthians chapter three, verse eleven: "For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ." There's no other foundation that you'll ever find in life that you can build your life upon that will be a solid, unchangeable, eternally secure foundation than Jesus Christ. But when Paul said that in First Corinthians three, verse eleven. He had just said in chapter three, verse ten, that, according to the grace of God given unto me as a wise master builder, Paul says, "I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereupon. well, if there's no other foundation than Jesus christ but that but here is' a, is a foundation that Paul laid, then obviously there's a revelation that Paul had about the Lord Jesus Christ that he laid as a foundation, then there was a previous revelation of christ in the bible that was another presentation of the lord jesus christ you see and we've been seeing this in our studies together so if you just tuned in today i'll review just a little bit for you but we're going to move on in our understanding but what we've discovered is that in the bible there are literally two distinct presentations of the lord jesus christ Uh, that's what paul says in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 16 when he told the corinthians uh... henceforth that is from now since with beginning with my ministry we know no man after the flesh that's not the way it was before paul you remember we looked at ephesians 2 verse 11 and 12 and 13 and in time past time before the ministry that christ committed to the apostle paul mankind was dealt with by god on the basis of the distinction between the circumcision and the uncircumcision in the flesh made by hands that is god made a distinction between all the nations of the earth based upon whether you were a part of the nation israel or you weren't and that that distinction that god made there that's that that physical social distinction that had that was symbolized by the circumcision in the flesh made by hand so that i emphasize that because he said we know no man after the flesh that isn't the way we we understand people now in the but now time so there was this presentation of the lord jesus christ in time past and then there's this presentation that paul comes along and talks about now that's that's the difference between prophecy and mystery um there are, there's a, there's twofold, God has one grand purpose in his universe. You've got to remember that. That one grand purpose and plan, you know, if you took catechism when you were young, many of many of our listeners did, and uh, you learned, what's the purpose of man? Well, if you took catechism, you know the answer, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. <laughs> did you ever, you ever wonder what that meant? To glorify God, what does that mean? Does that mean the God's up in heaven saying, Glorify me, glorify me? No, that's not what it is, you know that. God's not some invisible man in the sky demanding that you glorify him, figure out how to do it, and if you don't do it, he's gonna whack you in the head with a Coke bottle. That's the George Carlin view of God. That that's not the Bible view of God. That's just that's just a natural man coming up with some alibi to, to excuse his sin. No, but what the Bible says when it says glorify me, glorifying God, that that is, understand God has a plan and a purpose in his creation. Now, that plan and purpose in his creation, by the way, is simply to glorify himself in Jesus Christ. But the glory that he's going to gain, and by the way, when it says, and to enjoy him forever, I remember, I used to try to figure out, what does that mean? How do you enjoy God? Why? Why? you begin to appreciate what he appreciates. That's how you enjoy him. You enter into an appreciation of what delights him. And you enter into what what thrills his heart. What's he interested in? And when you enjoy what he's interested in, you learn to think like he thinks. Then you enjoy him. You get to know him. You become friends. You become delighted in what he's delighted in. That's God's purpose in man. He created the universe. He created man in the earth. In order that we might accomplish a purpose that he had, and that we might enter into the joy that he had in doing that. Well, that great purpose is is, is ex, it, it includes his glory in two distinct spheres. Now, the very first verse in the Bible tells you that in the beginning God created what? Well, it doesn't say the universe. It doesn't say all things. It says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth there are two distinct spheres in which god's purpose is going to be carried out the very first verse of the bible tells you that verse number two of genesis chapter one says and and the earth the earth was for that form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and the focus from there all the way through your bible until you come to the apostle paul is on god's purpose in the earth he makes man out of the dust of the earth man is made of the earth earthy to accomplish God's purpose in the earth. And that purpose in the earth is associated with the when man falls and sins, God makes a promise that the seed of the woman would come and redeem God's purpose in the earth and accomplish for man in the earth what man hadn't accomplished for himself. God put man on the earth and said, Go out and, and reestablish the headship of Jesus Christ over planet earth. When man failed to do that, God said to man, I'll come and do it for you. And I'll redeem you, and I'll still use you to accomplish my purpose of establishing the headship of Jesus Christ over planet Earth. Now that that purpose that God had in the Earth, to establish Jesus Christ over the 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 head as the head of all things in the Earth, that everything would center in Him. That purpose is going to be accomplished through man, through the seed of the woman. Genesis three fifteen says, "The seed of the woman became the seed of Abraham, and the seed of Abraham." God's purpose. From Genesis 1, verse number 2, all the way down through your Bible to the time you come to the Apostle Paul, is to establish the headship of Jesus Christ over planet Earth through the instrumentality of a kingdom that is vested in the nation Israel. That's why Peter, uh, in Acts chapter number 3, just the chapter right after Pentecost, reminds his, his his hearers there on the porch of the temple in Jerusalem that those things which God before has showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer he is so fulfilled. And he tells him, Repent you therefore, because Christ has fulfilled all the prophets said, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, now listen, whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Do you see that? There's a presentation of Jesus Christ that's been talked about, made known, preached about since the world began, since Genesis chapter 1. God has been making this known. That is what we call prophecy. And the prophetic purpose of God, revealed from Genesis 1 all the way down through the Bible, focuses on making Jesus Christ the center of everything on planet Earth. That purpose is vested in a kingdom that's given to the nation Israel. Now that's God's earthly purpose. When you come to Paul, Paul says there's another view of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another way he's going to be presented. Romans sixteen twenty five. You know, and I understand that what I'm saying is a little different from what you hear most of the time at church. But let me tell you something. You write down Acts three twenty one and Romans sixteen twenty five and twenty six. You look, you write them down, and you look them up in your Bible. Get your King James Bible and look them up, and you'll see the, the difference. You don't have to know anything about Greek. You don't have to know anything about Hebrew. You don't need a college education. You don't need a preacher that's got a seminary education. You can understand this for yourself, and it'll transform your whole life. You say, well, I'm not sure if I believe the Bible. Well, maybe the reason you are confused about it or you don't believe it is because you hear all these Christians out here professing to be teaching the Bible, all saying different things than what the Bible actually says. We're not interested in what the Bible's presumed to teach. We're really interested in what it actually does say. And here's a distinction that you can see that will clear away the confusion for you. Romans 16.25, Paul says that he's preaching Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. Now think about that. If Paul is preaching Jesus Christ according to a revelation that was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, now I can understand when he says, I laid the foundation. Paul's not the first person to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. There had been a previous presentation of him in prophecy that began in, in the book of Genesis and came all the way down through the ministry of Peter and the early Acts epistle and the little flock, the disciples and the apostles in the early Acts period it's the, the the presentation of prophecy Paul says that is how we know Christ now we have known him that way it's so why he's known in the Bible all the way up to the time of, of the, the ministry of the Apostle Paul but now we don't know him that way anymore now we know him according to the revelation of the mystery the secret that was kept the, the message that was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest now that brings up the issue of the other grand purpose that God has, not just to establish Jesus Christ as the head of all things in the earth, but to establish him over the government in the heavenly places. And that's why he's made the head of the church, the body of Christ. And friend, that's the essence of genuine Bible-based Christianity. That's the essence of what God is doing today. Everything else leaves us at the mercy of theologians and religious tradition. Now you can get that. That's Paul calls that the simplicity that's in Christ. You can get it and it can clear away the fog and the divisions from you. Because if you build on the wrong right foundation, Jesus Christ is the right foundation, but if you build on the presentation of Christ in prophecy rather than in the mystery program, and that, by the way, again, that word mystery means secret. When Paul talks about how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed. You see, in the Bible, a mystery is a secret. It's the, it's the hidden wisdom, 1 Corinthians 2 says, that God kept hidden himself. Why did he do that? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 tells you that if, if the principles of this, this world had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If Satan and his host had known what God was going to do through the crosswork of Jesus Christ, if they'd known everything we know today, they'd have never crucified Christ. And the, the cross work of Christ is the basis of God's accomplishing everything he's going to do. So he kept some information secret. And the very information that he kept secret caused Satan, the old deceiver, he took the, the crafty in his own craftiness. Ezekiel 28 says about Satan that, the boast about him was that there was no secret that could be kept from him and so all god did was keep a secret can you understand why satan doesn't want you to appreciate the fact that that it's that way because this truth that was kept secret but now is made manifest demonstrates the superiority of the manifold wisdom of god as compared to the confusion of the lie program and even when Satan wants to use the Bible, and by the way, you remember when he tempted the Lord Jesus Christ? Christ quoted Scripture, said it's written. What did Satan say? It's written again. <laughs> Sometimes somebody says, who do you know that knows the Bible better than anybody else? And I always say, Satan. <laughs> Outside of the Godhead, uh, the devil knows more about the Bible than anybody else. He did not believe it, but he knows it, and he knows how to use it against you. That's why God has given you as a believer And me as a believer, the key to understanding his word, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You want to stand before God, and you want to have his approval. You want to show yourself a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Well, the way you accomplish that is rightly dividing the word of truth. You don't accomplish it by going down to church and giving a bunch of money to the church and helping a program. You, You accomplish it by understanding God's word, and making the distinctions in God's Word, God has made there for you. And let me show you why this is important. Uh, Matthew chapter number six. Have you ever, have you ever prayed or heard someone pray the? Uh, it's actually this official prayer of, of Christendom, uh, the, the the Our Father prayer. Sometimes people call it the the Lord's prayer, but it's really not the Lord's prayer. The, when when Christ prayed, you can see how he prayed. John seventeen. But the Our Father prayer. Have you ever prayed that and thought about what you were praying? I remember years ago when my children were in school, uh, they were going to a denominational school, uh, a grammar school, and we were there at a PTA meeting, and a, and a fire truck went by the neighborhood we live there in, in, in Chicago, and a fire truck went down, our, down the street there and, and stopped, and we could hear the sirens. And the lady that was running the PTA meeting, she says, well, it's obviously somebody's house in the neighborhood. Maybe it's one of ours. Let's pray while Mr. So-and-so goes and looks and sees whose house it is. And I thought, well, okay, that's a good idea, so you bow your head. And she said, I'll lead it. And they started praying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. And I thought, what? What's that got to do with whose house is on fire? <laughs> did, did you ever pray a prayer like the Our Father prayer and, and and notice the disconnect between it and what the real problems you face are? Did it ever bother you to pray, give us this day our daily bread when your refrigerator's full and your pantry's full? And if it wasn't, you know where you could go to the grocery store and get some. You say, well, there are homeless people. I'm talking about them. I'm talking about you. Did you ever pray that? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Why, you four-flusher, you don't need your daily bread. It's in your refrigerator. you got three weeks of it in your pantry. You can't honestly pray that. But you feel so reverent. No. Did you ever pray with understanding also? Think about what you're saying. Well, how about when you got down to the part of the verse that said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do you really want God to forgive you the way you forgive others? John, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now tell me something, is that how you want God to forgive you your sins? I'm on the basis of whether you forgive others. Now, you think about it. I know, you know, you can say, well, uh, Brother Rick, I forgive." No, yeah, but, you know, when it's just you and the Lord and your head's on the pillow at night, there there is that offense. And, you know, we all carry those emotional scars and wounds from life. There are those things that eat at us, that people did to us that were wrong, that we can't really just shuff off by renaming them. We look at him and say, I didn't deserve that, it was wrong. And we look at the person that did it to us and we hold them accountable and we can't and there are those areas in your life where you you know, you get just that one or two that you just can't let go of. You know. You got you got it, you know what I'm talking about. Well, how many times did Adam and Eve have to sin to get kicked out of the garden? Just one. All you have to do is have one unforgiven sin, and it's hell for you, buddy. Lake of fire is on is is, is on your future agenda. And if you want God to forgive you on the basis of the way you forgive others, you know what? You're in trouble. You're in a heap of trouble, as uh, Smokey and the Bandit would say. You're in a heap of trouble, boy. Yeah, aren't you? And you know that. Because the best you do. Well, you don't want God to do it you treat you in the way you treat others. You know that. But that's what the verse said. There's Jesus Christ in the official prayer of religious religionized Christianity, Say the way you're going to get your forgive, get forgiveness is forgive others. How you doing with that one? That ain't so good. That ain't so good. Oh, I know people cross their arms and say, "Well, I'm doing it, brother Rick." But you know, when you're really honest, you don't keep the cheese on the cracker so well. So what you say? Well, what do you got for us? Well, how about Ephesians chapter four? Here's the other presentation of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty-two. The apostle Paul says and be kind one to another tenderhearted forgiving one another as god for christ's sake has forgiven you in other words that's uh, by the way that's different did you notice how different that is you're going to go out and forgive people we're going to do the same thing we're going to forgive we're going to forgive people but we're going to do it for a different reason aren't we now we're going to do it because god for christ's sake not because i forgave somebody but God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me. Colossians 3.13, it says, Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any men have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, in any, way, any way you look at that, that's a different presentation of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a different way of being dealt with by God. It makes a difference which presentation of Jesus Christ you follow. That's my point to you. And if you're trying to follow him back in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's earthly ministry to the nation Israel under the law, well, that's different than following him as he presented himself through the Apostle Paul after he went back to heaven, and he saved the Apostle Paul, and Saul of Tarsus made him Paul the Apostle, and made him, Paul said, I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the Apostle of the Gentiles. You see that division between prophecy and mystery, God's purpose in the earth with the nation Israel, His purpose in the church, the body of Christ. That different identity and two agencies, the different way that it's revealed, prophecy, mystery. That the different brings you to the different operating systems, law and grace. And those 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 things are important to understand, so that you understand who you are. What God's doing today is is, is he's forming the church, the body of Christ. He's not trying to establish his purpose in the earth or the nation Israel. He's forming a spiritual body of believers that has nothing to do with our physical distinctions. That's why Paul says, in Christ, in the body of Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, bond or free, male or female. Now, you look at yourself, you know there's male and female. There's bond and free. There's Jew and Gentile. Fleshly distinctions are there, but those aren't what counts with God. We sing that song, The Ground is Level at the Foot of the Cross. That's a song you can only sing in Paul's epistles. Because it's Paul that says, there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all. But there was a difference in time past. You go back then, we read about it. Now there's those two presentations of Jesus Christ. You see, the presentation that we follow today is not the presentation in the Old Testament Scriptures. It's not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not the early Acts period, but it's what we find in Romans to Philemon, Paul's epistles. And that that right foundation, if you build on the wrong right found, uh, the wrong foundation, all kind of people talking about Christ. All kinds of people talking about Jesus. But they're talking about him in places and in ways that aren't the way he's being honored, that, that he has in operation today and consequently you quote scripture and it doesn't work in your life because you didn't what God's doing. And I'll say it again, you'll never be big enough a day in your life to make God do something he isn't doing. Now can I offer you a Bible study that would help you with this? I'd like to give it to you. I don't want your money. I don't have anything for you to join. I'm not trying to get something from you. I'd like to give you some information. It's a Bible study entitled Building on the Wrong Right Foundation I'd like to put it in your hands. I, I, I'm trying to provoke you to be interested in understanding God's Word the way God wants you to understand it and if you are I'd like to give you some information that can help you to move on with that with that understanding. the Bible study is entitled Building on the Wrong Right Foundation. You call me here at our toll free number eight 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 five three five twenty three hundred. That's eight 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 five three five twenty three hundred, and I'll give you the Bible study tape. Uh, I'll even, we'll even pay for the for the telephone call. eight 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 five three five twenty three hundred. That's the number to call. I'd like to put it in your hands. I I I don't want to. I wouldn't want to. I have no desire to make you believe something. <laughs> you know, you don't like what you're hearing. Wait a minute. There'll be somebody else on here, and you can listen to them. But for if you're, if, you're, if you're where I've been, where scores of others have been, people that are bringing you this program right here on this station today, in that confusion of wondering why things in God's Word said one thing in one place and something else in another, why I would claim something in God's Word and it wasn't working when my sincere faith was in what it said, if you ever, ever struggle with those things, well, perhaps you're building on the wrong right foundation, and understanding that can make a difference in your life. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. Once again, that's 888-535-2300. Now, if you'd prefer to write me instead of calling, you don't maybe want to call and talk to somebody in person, you can write me uh, here at the Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, Six oh one, oh eight. If you are on the internet and uh, you're a worldwide web surfer, you can find our website at graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org, and you can find contact information there. You can actually listen to this program again. There's, You follow the prompts on the screen, and, and you can find a whole wealth of information uh, available there at graceimpact.org. We're trying to be easy for you to locate easy for you to contact because we have some information that we want to put in your hands that we know can uh, be used to 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 bless your soul build you up in in the faith and edify you what paul calls godly edifying and uh that's that's our desire for you is to be able to have your feet resting solidly in an intelligent understanding of god's word to you because that'll allow the spirit of god to take his word and put it to work in your life uh, for his glory and for your good uh 888-535-2300 that's the easiest way to get in touch with us and you call today or this week our folks will be listening for you waiting for you and you request the uh, the, the bible study building on the wrong right foundation and we'll be glad that you get it uh, get get a copy of that can i also tell you that uh that we uh uh, there are people in your area right where you live that uh, they actually bring you this radio program I and mean, it costs money to put a, a radio program on the air like this and we're on we're on in many states and many towns within a lot of different states a lot of different places and uh, there's someone in your community everywhere our program is everywhere the riches of grace is on the air there are people in that community that actually pay for the airtime to the radio station so we can be there they provide this program for you And can I say that uh, they would be a benefit and a benediction to you for you to get to know them? I tell you that because there are people in your area that rejoice in the Word of God rightly divided, that find the grace life to be the life, Christ in you the hope of glory to be the issue in their ministry. They're not trying to build religion, they're not trying to build kingdoms and, and dominions They just gather around to have a testimony in your community that the truth is available. My friend, if you don't have an assembly to attend where the Word of God is taught rightly divided and the grace life is the issue, then you're robbing yourself and your family, if you have one, of of one of the most wonderful blessings that you could have in your life. Um, and that is to have other saints to gather together with where the Word of God is taught rightly divided, and, and the wonderful message of God's unadulterated, undiluted grace is, uh, is the issue. If you you call me, you call our office, and you ask for it, we'll put you in touch with the people in your area, where, where, where they, and they can give you the information about where they meet and how you could be a part of them. They would love to have you. That's one of the reasons they put this program on the air is to to contact people like you who uh, want to be able to have the Word of God be, be the issue in their life. And if you'd like to be in touch with people like that, uh, no matter what your situation, no matter what your need, if you need someone to pray with you, you need someone to study with you, answer questions with you, if you just want to argue with somebody, they'd be happy to have you contact them. But you'll have to contact me to get in touch with them. I'm not going to sick them on you. You'll need to request that. So you call us here, 888-535-2300, and we'll be glad to put you in touch with the people that bring you this program right here in, right there in your area can also say that uh, if, you're, if, if you're listening today and you're not really sure about your own spiritual situation, you're not sure that you have eternal life as a present possession, you're not sure that all of your sins are forgiven, can I tell you you can be? That's what the gospel of the grace of God is all about. You're a sinner. You, you, you can't save yourself. In fact, what's going to happen to you based on what you do is you're going to wind up in, in hell and the lake of fire. But God commended his love toward us in that way we were yet sinners. Not when we were fixing things and straightening them up and trying to do good and be good. But when we were sinners, when we still had that attitude of of thumbing our nose in his face, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, he paid our sin debt. That's why you couldn't do it. It would take eternity in the lake of fire for you to pay for your sin. And Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, went to Calvary and paid for everything that's wrong with you took it out of the way with a sacrifice of himself so he could give you his life the moment you trust him. If you if if you, don't, if you have a question about that, 888-535-2300, call that number today, this week. There's someone sitting there with a the Bible that they'd love to share these truths with you so you can know for sure that you have eternal life as a present possession. Then you'll be with us next week, will you? As we study together here on the Riches of Grace, right here on this fine radio station. Until then, Maranatha